welcome to the newest episode of the Lebanese Physicians uh, Podcast. And today we will be discussing uh, the recent surgery that happened at the American University of Europe Medical Center uh, with the separation of the conjoined uh, twins for the first time in Lebanon. And our guests today are uh, Dr. Hussein Darwish, who is actually an assistant professor of neurosurgery at the American University of Beirut Medical Center. He specializes in skull-based surgery and Parkinson's disease uh, surgery and vascular uh, surgery in, uh, as part of neurosurgery. And we have Dr. Ahmed Zagal, who is a pediatric surgeon at UBMC. He did his medical school at Beirut Arab University followed by a surgery residency at the American University of Beirut, followed by a pediatric surgery residency at the University of Iowa, and uh, another pediatric surgery and urology residency in the UK. And this episode, is, as, as usual, co-hosted by Dr. Muhammad Ali Jardali. Uh, welcome, everyone. Thank you. So first question to Dr. Zagal or Dr. Darwish is, how were you contacted about the conjoint twin surgery, and how did this start? Hello, everyone, first of all. So I was first contacted about the twins by the Minister of Health, Dr. Firas Abiyad. So basically, the the the, um, the parents approached their primary physician, and the primary physician approached Dr. Firas Abiyad, who in turn approached us. So he contacted us, and he asked about whether we are able to do the surgery at AUBMC, yes or no, and if yes, so that we can start the process. And uh, after a few phone calls and, you know, we had a short meeting here at AUB and then we decided that, yes, we're going to get this patient. So we called them again. We called Dr. Abiyad again and we told him that, yes, we can receive this patient. This happened about two months before the twins were born. So uh, usually those kinds of surgeries uh, have never happened before in Lebanon. So how was the decision made to do the surgery locally at AUBMC and not transfer them outside? So yes, this is this is the first time that this surgery has ever been done in Lebanon. So the ultrasound uh, that was done to the patient, the, the the pregnant mother, showed that the patients were conjoined at their lower back. I mean, and then we decided that we do have the expertise. We 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 know that we do have the expertise, and we are able to deal with this kind of malformation. Um, yes, it has never been done before, but we are able to do it. We know that we have what it takes to do these procedures. And uh, we know that it will take a lot of preparation, a lot of uh, meetings, and a lot of anticipation of the teamwork and all of that. But we decided that we want to take the challenge and we want to do it. All right. So you decided to take the challenge, but uh, this is Dr. Darwish now. So what were the preparations uh, for the surgery? Obviously, this took some time to prepare for it before you guys started embarking on the surgery yeah yeah definitely so so as uh, dr zagal uh, mentioned earlier uh, so when we uh, when we looked at the patients uh, first when we, when we had the ultrasound the intrapartum ultrasound the ultrasound that was done uh, during pregnancy and uh, we saw we, we were able to see this uh, conjoined twins uh, we ordered an mri during pregnancy so the mri was done during pregnancy and uh, you know, uh, I mean, uh, MRI during pregnancy with, with the two the, the kids that are uh, really stuck to get to each other in the womb of the uh, of the mother, it was really tough to uh, to decipher actually which is which and how things are connected. But we had an idea, so we started uh, working on this and started imagining. And it's not easy because the way they are positioned is really tough in utero. So when they were delivered, we were able to uh, do another MRI and then we started preparing for the whole thing. And uh, for us, the neurosurgically, uh, we had the connection between the two spinal cords at the lower uh, end. Uh, and uh, for the pediatric uh, part, uh, the pediatric uh, uh, surgeons, 
Dr. Zahan uh, and uh, Dr. Al uh, were uh, to talk over regarding uh, the rectum and all other uh, uh, connection at the lower aspect of the pelvis. But yes, we prepared it very well. We had multiple meetings uh, between us, uh, all the physicians who were involved, uh, multiple times, and we looked at the images uh, over and over multiple times. And we had uh, we uh, we had all the time to uh, to do the proper planning so that we have a very good result. And how many how many physicians were involved? Well, how many physicians? So we had two from neurosurgery, me and Dr. Najjar, uh, Dr. Zagal, and Dr. Aal from pediatric neurosurgery. And of course, uh, there were uh, Dr. Yunus as well as Dr. Maruf from the pediatric neonatology and also the anesthesiology people. There were uh, Dr. Mariana Awad uh, and uh, Dr. Zanni, as well as Dr. Luna Andun. There were multiple uh, physicians. So in total, I don't know, Ahmed, how, how, what's the, what was the number? There's exactly. also the plastic surgery. Um, plastic surgery, uh, Dr. Dr. Amir came, right. Yeah, so there were like five so, surgeries we like, well, and about like maybe 10 physicians. Uh, if you if you consider the neonatology and the gynecology and the uh, anesthesia and all the residents were involved, I mean, it's it's a big number. So it's a, it's a bit, pretty big team, uh, multidisciplinary through and through. Uh, can you maybe walk us a little bit through what, what, what it was like between the time they were born and the surgery? Were, were they stable? Were they under monitoring? How was that uh, period before we talk about the day of the surgery? Yeah. So as a matter of fact, uh, maybe Hussein can talk about this. Baby B had, um, had undergone one surgery before the actual separation. Actually, had a special condition. Two, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, so the, the one of the babies uh, had the encephalocele, which is like a, a, a huge cyst or a fluid-filled cavity that was coming out from the from the posterior part of the head. So we had to repair this. And after that, the, the patient developed a, a collection of fluid in the brain, which we call hydrocephalus. So we had to put a tube from the head all the way down to the to the abdomen so that we drain. Uh, the CSF. So this was uh, the first uh, part, and Ahmed, go ahead uh, for the other parts. So, um, I mean, just before they were, before we decided on the time of the surgery that was done around four months of age, we were just growing them in addition to the two surgeries that were done on baby B. Uh, mind you, these uh, two conditions, the condition, the encephalocele is not actually related to the connection, so it's uh, separate a little bit. Um, so basically, until the time of the surgery, the separation surgery, we were just growing them and they were fine. They were okay. There were no uh, major events other than the two surgeries that Dr. Hussain underwent uh, uh, before the time of the actual separation. Can you tell us now Now that we talked about the, the before the surgeries, can you tell us what happened on, on the, the day of the surgery? The day of the yeah, yeah, on the day of the surgery, it was, I mean, um, it was a long procedure, definitely. It took us about 10 hours. I mean, first, it's the, I mean, we started, the anesthesia, anesthesia team started, basically, after we positioned the patients, the positioning was challenging, prepping and draping was challenging, because, you know, it's like two babies connected to each other, so we have to hold them and do the circumferential uh, prepping. Um, it wasn't like a usual case. And then the anesthesiologist um, um, tried to uh, place central lines for 
for both babies. That was also awkward uh, in the neck because of the position, but they were successful and things went well. Um, and then the first step was with the plastic surgeons, with the plastic surgery, Dr. Ibrahim and his team. So they made like a flap incision so that to help to allow for the closure at the ends of the procedure. So the skin incision and the and raising of the flaps was done with the plastic surgery. After that was done, Dr. Hussain and uh, Dr. Najjar uh, performed their part, which is the uh, neurosurgical part. If you want Hussain to comment on yeah, the so, so, so after that, we had to... So this was really challenging for us. as uh, Ahmad Asgoa was also challenging for them because we're used to do the surgery in a specific position where the babies yeah. are lying uh, a prone position, we say. That's, uh, that's the belly is towards the bed, the, bed, the bed, and the back is towards us. But we were working from the side and it's really uh, tough uh, anatomically because we're not used to, to this view from that side. So anyhow, to make a long story short, we did, uh, after doing the skin incision with Dr. Amir Ibrahim and the plastic surgery team, we went all the way down to the bone. So there was a communication between the bone, the, 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 the bone of the lower spine from one uh, baby to the other. So we had to disconnect the bone. After disconnecting the bone, there was one dural sac, which is the sac that contains all the nerve roots it was uh, connected, it thought there was one, we should have two. So we separated them and uh, we had to close this. And of course we separated all the nerves from uh, between, between the two babies. And then we had to close the sac so that we don't have a leakage of CSF because if you have a leakage of CSF, this will predispose them uh, to a, a serious infection or meningitis. So this was also very challenging. And then after that, uh, we disconnected the, the bone and we disconnected the nerves and we, we closed the, the dura then that Dr. Zagra and Dr. Ra'el started working on their uh, part. Yeah, so for the um, the pelvic organs part, the internal pelvic organ part, the patients had two recti, two rectum, but only one anal canal. And the sphincter mechanism, the sphincter muscle mechanism was sort of two mechanisms that are merged together. So that was like one patient had deficient muscles a little bit and the other one has good sphincter mechanism. So what we did is that we separated the rectum from the system and this rectum was brought down as a pull-through procedure to give the patient an ear rectum that, that's for baby um, B, while baby A kept the anal canal and her rectum. So baby A had the native anal canal and the native rectum for baby a, but baby B, we separated her rectum from the common anal canal and we brought this rectum down to where the anus is supposed to be, just like we do in cases of anorectal malformation. Again, the same thing. We do operate on a lot of patients with anorectal malformation. We call them imperforate anus, and we were used to this type of pull-through, but in this situation was a little bit different because of the awkwardness of the positioning and of the different anatomy. Definitely, we had to repair the, um, the pelvic diaphragm and the sphincter mechanism to give them continence for, for the babies to have the maximum chances of continence later on. Um, also, the uh, female internal organs were very close to each other's. We had to separate the two vaginae. They were like really um, uh, adherent to one another. We had to separate them uh, gently and we had to avoid injury to any of the nerve plexuses, any of the, you know, the vessels and everything in that area. Um, and after we're done, the babies were almost completely separated except for the skin So uh, and the sub-Q. So uh, Dr. Amir came again 
and uh, uh, completed the incision from the other side, from the from the posterior side of the of the twin, and uh, and then closed the, the flaps, um, and he performed the closure on both kids, and now we have two babies. What a what, what a medical feat! It's, it's, it's fascinating hearing you talk about all those details. Uh, can you maybe talk us through uh, how was the surgical uh, post-op follow-up for the uh, after the surgery? Well, so post-op follow-up, so the, once the surgery, so once the, uh, the disconnection was performed, the babies uh, uh, were uh, transferred to the neonatal ICU, and then one baby was this, was extubated before the other one. Then later on, uh, we were taking uh, good care of the wound. We had some uh, wound problems, uh, but we were able to control them because, you know, it's a, it's a major flap and it's a major surgery. But the wounds, uh, we were able to control them uh, with the plastic uh, team and uh, with doctor uh, with the pediatric uh, uh, surgeons, with doctors. Otherwise, everything was going uh, uh, pretty well. Uh, we didn't have major problems, but, you know, this is a long surgery. Uh, it's a very tedious surgery. It will take time for uh, everything to heal and recover. And uh, we are on the right track. So, so my question for you is, what are, the, what are some of the complications you look for after the surgery? And are they are are they all immediate complications or are some of them like complications that occur? I'll talk about months later. I'll talk about my part. I'll yeah. talk about my part and then I can talk. So regarding us, the CSF leak is really very very important. If you have CSF leak, then everything is is going to be ruined uh, because uh, lots of fluid and it's a fluid from the brain working around the anus. Uh, risk of infection would be very high. Meningitis and things would not go in a in a good way. So uh, CSF was really very important not to have. Uh, with all, uh, with the kids, uh, with, the, with the two babies are very small and you didn't have enough the dura so that we can close it properly. So this was very challenging. And of course, from our side, to have any uh, deficits neurologically, uh, uh, especially the two babies were moving their uh, legs, uh, both legs before the surgery. This was really challenging to maintain this. So this was regarding our part, uh, Ahmad. So from uh, from uh, the pediatric surgical part, I mean, uh, major complications that we look for during surgery are injury to the surrounding structures. We have major vessels, the internal iliac, the external iliac vessels are very close to where we're working. Um, there's also injury to the uh, vagina, to the um, other, and to the and, um, you know to the uh, nerve plexuses in the in the pelvis. Um, uh, also, uh, the long-term uh, possible complication that we 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 observe or we look for is continence. So, want to see how continent the babies are going to be. Uh, we gave them the maximum chances by repairing very well the uh, the sphincter muscle around the um, native anal canal and around the the uh, the pulled down uh, rectum and the other baby and baby B. Uh, but again, only time will tell. We'll have to wait and see how they develop and how. Uh, I mean, we we'll, we'll have to, to to follow up with them to make sure that they achieve uh, the uh, fecal continence when they grow. Great. And and to, to the one follow up question. So this, if the CSF leak has not happened till now, then most likely it's not going to happen, right? Right, right. Since that, yeah, in the in the first in the first days, if any. Great, and then the other the other part is is which twin will have a better, let's say, uh, less fecal incontinence or better chance the twin with the with the original. Anal canal, right? Not the not the other twin, or so anatomically, 
anatomically, theoretically, both of them should be able, we're talking about the anatomical part, the anal rectum, both of them should be able to, to be continent because they have adequate sphincter mechanism and adequate sphincter around the, uh, the, uh, the anal canal or the rectum. They should have decent uh, continence. That said, uh, we know that uh, Dr. Hussain can, uh, can, can comment on that better than me. One of the babies might have issues with the uh, mental development uh, baby B. There might be an issue with that uh, centrally not at the level of the anal uh, sphincter mechanism uh, level. Yeah, so because uh, one of the babies who had an encephalocele and we did two surgeries before the separation, uh, this baby, she had, uh, she has actually a, uh, some atrophy in the brain uh, with a hydrocephalus. So, well, we but yet for now, we cannot uh, tell if okay. she's going to have them in the future or not. But uh, so we have to wait and see. Because we've seen patients having the same uh, condition and they grew up normally. But, and this is why this was very important actually for us because when you do separation surgeries, sometimes you sacrifice one of the babies because one of the babies is better than the other one. But taking this into consideration, we decided that uh, we will take care of both babies at the same time with the same care. And uh, uh, I think uh, all you have to know to do now is just wait and see. Remarkable, remarkable. And is there anything uh, that can be done to support them in terms of, I don't know, physiotherapy or anything of the sort? Uh, uh, or, is, or is it too early at this stage? So, you know, um, I mean, uh, as the baby, uh, as babies uh, grow month by month, there are milestones that they have to fulfill. And we look at these milestones to, to check for neurodevelopmental delay or neurodevelopmental adequacy. So uh, all we have to do now is just wait and see. If everything is okay uh, neurodevelopmentally and they are following and fulfilling all the milestones that every normal baby has, then uh, nothing to be done. And we're talking about one baby. The other one is completely normal. Her MRI brain is, looks very good. But this, uh, the baby B, she has some problems, not problems, I would say atrophy in the MRI that could be normal and couldn't and might uh, not have any problems. So all, all we have to do now is just wait and see with time. If there is any delay or problem, then we can start uh, any kind of therapy. Do you anticipate any further uh, surgical follow-up or... This is a place, case closed uh, surgically. From our part, no. And in terms of the incontinence, I guess at maybe like two years or so. Or... It's too early, yeah. It's too early. We have to wait and see how they develop. I mean, I expect they will have normal continence because anatomically, there is no reason why not, uh, why not to. But I mean, only time will tell. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. And how are the twins doing currently? They're doing great. They're growing and they are eating and doing their business and they're good. So they're home? Um, not yet, because we are very protective of this uh, twin. And, uh, you know, we're trying to. Uh, but soon, I mean, I expect next week, maybe they will go home. Yeah. Okay. So what, what does this say about the medical system in Lebanon, I guess? I mean, Lebanon has been through a lot over the past uh, three to four years. And despite that, I think you guys have been able to pull a big feat by doing this surgery uh, in Lebanon and not having to transfer twins outside. So what does this say about the medical system in Lebanon? And... Uh, I will discuss the challenges afterwards. What what will you say? You know, we had this uh, economic crisis that we had in this country, uh, and unfortunately, lots of physicians left. But uh, despite all this, and I would say I would talk about AUBMC because this is like the community where I live, and, and I know my uh, colleagues. We have still till now, and uh, and I think we will keep on having all the expertise that we need uh, to do all kinds of procedures. We have all the technology that we need to fulfill 
every and tackle every single case that we have. Of course, uh, the surgery department uh, was Dr. Habballah. They're doing, they're doing uh, was doing a great job in maintaining and trying to uh, hold things together. And of course, Dean Dr. Sawaya uh, and everyone else was working hard uh, for the, this. And Dr. Fadl Khouri, the president. So at AUBMC, uh, I would say uh, with uh, uh, lots of uh, ease and comfort that uh, we still have uh, all what it takes to take care of whatever cases uh, we have. Uh, and we're uh, tackling them. Uh, I agree 100%. It's, it's remarkable that you were able to pull uh, this multidisciplinary team. I know there's been a lot of challenges with the brain drain going on, so kudos to all of the team. Uh, maybe we can spend a little bit of time talking about challenges and in, in the current situation and what can be done to help. I think uh, with what we have and uh, it went really well. It went better than I expected, um, better than everyone has expected, I think. Um, the challenges was just bringing the team together, but it happened smoothly and everyone was very, very happy to help and everyone was so, uh, everyone was expert in his or her field. And I mean, they all contributed uh, to, to the success of um, of this uh, case definitely it's uh, i mean the economic situation i mean i think that the uh, the major challenge was for the parents to be able to travel back and forth because they are from far away they are from the far north of the country and they had problems coming back and forth to the hospital and uh, at some point they were asking for help to do that as an institution we were fine i mean there was no instrument that we needed but we didn't have there was no specific specialty that we needed that we didn't have. I mean, everything was available for us from instruments to manpower. I think we were fine uh, doing this procedure with, um, I mean, I'm not talking about the challenges with the country is, is, is living through me from the economic crisis to all of that is definitely affecting every single one of us. But despite all of this, we are able to carry out major surgeries with good and with excellent outcomes. Great. And so what, what are what are the opportunities for the future? I mean, I know it's an uncertain situation, but it seems like some of the hospitals in the country are still moving forward. So what are the opportunities in this situation in the future? Not uh, opportunities. Kind of surgery, I mean, there's opportunities in terms of the medical system in your, in your opinion. Yeah, in terms of the medical, in terms of this kind of surgeries, well, we're looking forward for the, for the next case. And uh, the, the whole country uh, and all, all kinds of of surgeries, I think we're doing great and we will continue doing great because this, regardless of uh, what you're passing through, just put, uh, of course, the, the determination uh, and uh, I, I think I think in Lebanon overall, at the ABC in specific, the doctors and physicians have proved uh, over a period of time since, I mean, the Lebanese war and even before that they're able to still perform what it takes for a better uh, society and for a better care. Do you want to comment on this? Or? Um, I, th I, th I think um, if we're going to talk about the um, Lebanon as a whole, I mean, we, we would lie if we say that there is no problem. I mean, the country is passing through one of the hardest economic crises that's ever hit the country. And a lot of hospitals are suffering. We, we're just hopeful. We hope things get better in the country. Fortunately, we are fortunate to work at AUB and uh, we have all what it takes to do good surgeries and with good outcomes. But we hope that things get better in the, in the entire country as well. All right. Thanks. Thanks to all of you for being on this uh, on this podcast. And I mean, this was this was an amazing uh, feat. You guys were able to do a, a big surgery. 
in Lebanon despite the situation and uh, the twins are doing well. So that's that's a great feat. I mean, probably a lot of other places could not have pulled this uh, in the current situation. So thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank you.